Hello everyone and welcome to One Chillport Podcast, episode 265. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today to talk to you about video games. YouTube people, just a quick note real quick. I've been having some camera issues, so if you see me flicker during the show, I'm sorry. The show must go on. I'm still trying to work out what's going on with that though. Um, but anyways, that aside... Um, yeah, this, this week's episode is going to be a little, it's going to be pretty similar, but, but in terms of my, my prepping, it's a little different. Uh, my internet is out right now. Um, so I didn't go and like pre-read news. So basically what I did, I mean, I could have done it on my phone, but, um, I have like a Feedly set up where I go ahead and pull updates from, from, or news stories from that and look through those. But since I can't access it right now, I decided I would just focus on, uh, the Nintendo Direct Mini, also my own personal updates. And then, uh, there's the Shin Chan thing that we'll talk about too briefly. So it will still be a pretty packed show. I mean, I got an entire page full of notes here. So I looked at it and was like, that's probably fine. And if we need to revisit any news that got announced this week that, you know, is important, then we'll, we'll come back to it next week. Right. So, um, I think anything that I, I personally would, you know, <laughs> like talk about is, is kind of like evergreen to some extent. So anyways, Ben updates, what's been going on with Ben? Uh, if, not a lot of video games, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I mentioned last week that I was really scared. I was going to fall off the PC 98 and sure enough, I have not touched my PC 98 this week. Um, I did work on the buddy mission bond video though. So the audio for the buddy mission bond video is done. Um, so I just got to basically edit the video portion now. Um, it's a 21 ish minute video, probably closer to 22 minutes. Once I finish editing everything, typical editing rate is about a minute per hour. So, or, or a, an, an hour per minute rather. So every, every minute of the video, it takes about an hour to cut. Depends on what type of footage I'm laying, laying down, how specific I want to be with the footage I'm showing. I care a lot about what gameplay I show, um, during a video and how much gameplay. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. I do know there's some specific things I definitely want to show, but I don't know, like for the entire video, what I plan to show for that. So we'll see being at like a, a no adventure novel game. I get the feeling I want to do a lot of cuts just to keep the visuals of the video flowing. So I think it's going to be a very edit heavy video. So really the only game I played this week is what we streamed, um, on Thursday, which is uh, one piece unlimited adventure. So, um, I don't really want to get like too deep into my thoughts with that. Cause we're a, we're still at the beginning and B, if you watch that stream, you know, you, you kind of have my general thoughts, but, uh, just to kind of like sum up my, what I'm feeling with that game, I'm actually kind of surprised. Um, it's just the type of game it is. I have not played other one piece games and I have not played that many Gambarian games. I've only played Pandora's tower and I just, I wasn't expecting to go in that game and it be very focused on, um, resource farming and crafting. That was not where I thought that game was going to go. Um, when I think back on like the trailer and what I saw, I'm like, actually, that makes a lot of sense. I remember seeing Luffy like fishing and using uh, a bug net and things like that. So like, actually, this kind of checks out. Um, and it's interesting structurally that you basically are just basically getting materials and using that to upgrade stuff, which lets you either progress further in the game, um, or upgrade your characters to some extent. We got a, a like an elemental staff for like, I think her name's Nami. I don't know anything about One Piece. Um, but the, the orange hair girl lady, um, I actually don't know like how much time passes in One Piece overall. I feel like most of the characters generally feel the same, but like Nami gets like, curvier and curvier and then skimpier and skimpier as time goes on. I'm like, I don't know if she's aging up or if just the design of her is changing. Um, but anyways, that, that whole thing. Um, but, um, so you like, you're, you're gathering these materials and you basically just using materials for all these different checks. 
um, that's like, hey, here's here's how you can get into this area. Here's how you can upgrade this character. Here's how you can build a bridge. Here's how you can unlock this mechanic, things like that. It's just very interesting to see that in a game from 2007. I feel like these days I might expect it a lot more, um, just, you know, with how many games are focused on resource gathering and crafting. But yeah, just uh, uh, that game in particular just stood out to me of just being kind of weird. And maybe I'm just missing some, you know, history that Gambarian has with that kind of game design. And, you know, I know other games have crafting and, and stuff like that. You know, I've played Dark Cloud and... Rogue Galaxy has it to some degree, so, yeah. But anyways, um, yeah, it's just kind of a neat game. I just think the problem with it so far is that there's not a lot of diversity to what you're doing, honestly. Um, so I think it gets kind of boring at times. It just kind of gets monotonous to some degree. But I do think it's, like, really interesting structurally. So excited. Um, I don't know if I... I guess I'm excited to play more. I'm excited to see more, I should say, maybe. Um, I do have a little worry that that's going to get to be one of those stream games where, like, I don't know how fun it will be to watch, but man, I just want to finish it. <laughs> but it's like th supposedly 30 hours, so we'll we'll see how it goes. We're going to take a break halfway through that game, so about four more streams will go for One Piece, and if it does seem like we're only halfway through the game, we'll take a break, then follow up on, the, uh, the, on it later after we play another game, so... Yes. Um, a bunch of random smaller updates here. Some of these video games related, some of these not. Um, we haven't talked about Scum of the Brave in a long time. If you don't know, Scum of the Brave was a Nico Nico video uh, like web game. So they had a... Is, is, I don't know what technology was built on, but there are Flash games you can play on Nico uh, Nico's video or Nico's website. Which, if you don't know, Nico Nico Doga, I think it's what it's called, um, is a essentially Japanese YouTube before YouTube started to really take off. I don't know what the current like video online video scene looks like for um, for Japan, but given like VTuber focus on YouTube. I think it's probably on YouTube generally, but it's still around the Nico Nico thing. But they had a, a web game uh, that was made in like um, uh, RPG Maker, essentially. And uh, it is a like top-down uh, adventure game. There's a little bit of walking around you can do, but it's like for very brief moments. Otherwise, it's pretty much just text. And I, I love the art of the game. Uh, I met the mangaka when I was in Japan, which was kind of a fun thing. Um, but um, after that first game, um, they started doing uh, books for it instead. And so I picked up the first three books for that. Um, I think there's still only three books, but I noticed when I was looking at the um, Twitter feed for the, the mangaka um, is that I think they did reprints and the covers are different now. So part of me is like, Maybe I should pick it up and look at it. I haven't like tried to read them. They're all in Japanese um, and they're manga. So, so you know, I, 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 yeah, they're all in Japanese. Um, so, uh, so I haven't tried to read it myself. The first volume, I think, got translated. I think they did translate volume one or at least the first couple chapters of volume one. Um, but I don't know if you can read those online anymore, to be honest with you. Uh, I haven't looked into it in a while, but I noticed they did some reprints for that um, with different covers. So I don't know what's different between them per se. But um, those are out there now. I figured I'm probably one of the only people on the English-speaking internet who's going to talk about Scum of the Brave, so I figured I'd mention it here. Scum of the Brave is very cool. I'd recommend looking into it. I'll leave some links. I wrote an article about it a while ago, um, and I'll leave a link to the Twitter and also the um, uh, the game itself and, and, and stuff like that. So we're, you're going to get a, a full full list of Scum of the Brave links, even linked to the Amazon thing. You probably should read Scum of the Brave as much as you can. If you know Japanese, read the whole thing, because I can't. <laughs> I haven't tried machine translating it either. So, um, yeah. Um, the other thing was, uh, Senna Kagura 2 Deep Crimson got a reprint. I don't remember if this was announced before the podcast last week and I just didn't mention anything about it. I looked at it and I was like, 
So I've been told somebody, I forget who, who it is on Twitter, Twitter, somebody named Randy, I think. Um, when I talked to him about Senor Kagura a, a, a bit, he has probably given me the, the most specific advice about the Senor Kagura series. I usually get general advice about Senor Kagura. It's like, oh, just play mainline entries. But I think that's, I don't, I'm scared that if I play just like any mainline Senor Kagura entry, I won't be interested because I do not like aspects of Senor Kagura based off the, what I've played at Beach Peach. Peach Peach Splash. It's not to say I won't like a main game, but I am a little worried. Um, and he specifically recommended Senor Kagura 2 Deep Crimson to me. So that's the game I've been kind of looking at. The English copies are ridiculously expensive. So I had kind of, I had kind of settled on eventually I'll import a Japanese copy and then, um, I will, uh, just like pirate it and, and put the English version on, on the cart. Um, however, Limited Run Games did a reprint of it. I was very on the fence about this. If you haven't listened to recently, I've kind of more or less stopped looking at Limited Run Games stuff or buying it just because it takes so long to get here. And I, I kind of find it more troubles to sit there and track it and try to get it um, rather than even just like, you know, what I, I just don't like waiting the year plus to, to get a copy from a game from a limited run. It doesn't always end up that, but like Panzer Dragoon is the big one that I always point out. Like this game took me like 40 minutes to beat. And then I waited like a year and a half for it. And it also like showed up at Best Buy before I ever got it, like a month before I got it. It was just a lot of weird stuff. I was just like, this is kind of annoying. And so I very much have tried to stop buying from limited run games specifically because it is that kind of like fear of missing out concept, right? Um, and I think everybody kind of is like, actually, maybe we shouldn't be so obsessed with the fear of missing out. And I've been trying to be better about that recently in general. Um, so this is one of those situations where I looked at it and I was like, you know, if I bought this, I'd probably play it someday. Um, and I thought about it, um, as a, as a reprint, you know, a 3DS reprint, interestingly enough as well. Um, but thankfully by the time I caved and said, okay, I'm going to do this, it was sold out. I was like, awesome, cool. I don't need to worry about this then. Back to the original plan. I mean, hopefully with the reprint, the English copy value goes down enough that I don't need to worry about it and I can just like, you know, buy a, buy a secondhand copy later. I doubt that will be the case, but hey, it's there if, if, if it can. So yeah, those are, those are the things that I've been kind of kicking around recently in terms of video game stuff personally. But again, I have not played much on my own, unfortunately. I haven't played some more Farland Story yet. Um, a couple of just real life stuff and doing some job, kind of couple things I'm like split between two jobs right now or two contract jobs and ones I'm negotiating with and the other one is very much like yeah we want you to be working with us but I'm like <laughs> I don't necessarily know if I want to do this work super like per se but I I should probably do it <laughs> um so so I've been doing that um and the other thing is there's a cat in this apartment right now um it's hiding um I in my other room I have a computer there and uh, I use that for that that other setup I have that I try to use um, from time to time. Um, and the cat's just hanging out behind that PC. Uh, just got here today. It is definitely terrified <laughs> of, of being away from its original house. Um, so I don't really know how long it takes for a cat to warm up to. I'm sure it depends on the cat. Um, but uh, yeah, he, he's been hanging out back there. And then briefly, I have like this little... Um, uh, I guess you could say closed shelf, like it's a shelf you can open and close. Um, the reason I had it at the time was I was renting a house and um, I had video games in there and I wanted to lock my video game stuff in there. So I had that, but now I don't need it because I'm, you know, I'm in an apartment at this point. So there's not people who are like more regularly accessible. Obviously, there's always the potential of crime happening, but I got other bigger things to worry about than that particular uh, cabinet. So anyways, but I had closed one of the sides just to... um 
prevent him from being able to get to like some area and getting like back there. And uh, later I, I, I was looking for him. He was gone. I was like, where did he go? And then I found out he had climbed through one side of the cabinet and ended up in the other. And, uh, and I opened it up a little bit and he's just like a little ball on the shelf in there. I was like, oh, you poor cat. So, um, I did give him like some food and water at that point. I was like, here you go. Put this in front of him. Like, I hope the good, good luck. I didn't want to like mess with him too much. Right. Um, and then when I went back, he went back behind the PC. So I think I compromised his hiding spot and he was like, oh, this guy knows where I'm at. Um, I do not feel comfortable here. And it's like in a corner, so I can't escape if he comes for me kind of thing. <laughs> so uh, back behind the computer where he probably feels like an escape more and it's probably it's closed off enough. So, yeah, I don't know when he'll come out from behind there, uh, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, so I'm sure it'll be a while before he gets comfortable enough with me. And then, you know, potentially we could look at maybe having a cat cam at some point, depending on how things go. But for now, I'd say probably going to be a couple weeks of him not really wanting to do anything with me. So, so yeah. Um, and I think that's it in terms of like general updates for me, you know, like I said, pretty, pretty light, pretty straightforward there. Um, we got a lot of news though, but we'll do the Patreon first. So it's Patreon time. Welcome. It's the Patreon corner. You ready to get beat up from me? Gonna beat you up with all this Patreon stuff. Hey, did you know I have a Patreon at one controller port? Patreon.com. That's not, that's not how that works. There are links on my website though. There's links in the descriptions and all that stuff though. Um, and if you go to the Patreon and get $5, you get bonus content. And what does bonus content include? Bonus videos is mainly what it's including right now. It is not like the standard videos on the YouTube channel, although some of it kind of overlaps like the lower effort content. Um, but I more recently have been doing article readings. So I basically go through old articles and read them aloud um, and, and then just offer some commentary on it. It's kind of interesting to th- see how my opinion has changed over time as well as, um, you know, how uh, my uh, or how the industry has changed in some ways too. Um, I am doing a video version of that that I'm going to make freely available here um, sometime in the near future. Uh, I have a Xenoblade Chronicles article that I that I had made a while ago, and I decided to read that and get some comment or give some commentary on my Xenoblade Chronicles feelings from 2012, basically. So that's going to be publicly available. I'm going to try to make some other stuff that's more in the Patreon style and and make that publicly available, so I can basically you know, make a video on the YouTube that pushes people to the Patreon and reference that and stuff like that. So do I really think it's going to get people to subscribe to the Patreon? I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what you want. If you want something on the Patreon, let me know. Always happy to hear because I'm just taking shots in the dark, but, but I always appreciate it. But $5, you can get that. Like the Yoshi's Island article reading this week where I talk about my, read my old Yoshi Island, um, um, uh, thoughts and feelings and then talk about it. And, um, and, and it was kind of interesting to read that right after the Super Mario World, um, playthrough I did and, and, you know, kind of make some comparisons to that to some degree I actually put up the super mario world podcast clip on the youtube channel that same day uh although i think that i think that video like nobody watched it admittedly a lot of stuff was going on on my youtube channel this week uh with pcfx stuff pcfx podcast came out last two weeks if you haven't watched them you should you should Those, that's not patreon exclusive you should just watch the pcfx podcast stuff anyways back to patreon so um yeah Anyways, but one thing you can do is in in addition to getting bonus content, or if you want to forfeit the bonus content and just pay $3, you can do this as well. Ben, you have questions for Ben. People like Jillian, Paul Daniel, Discreet, and I don't know if Zero is still on the list, but Zero. People like that have subscribed to the Patreon and are asking questions. 
asking questions to me. They're like, good good evening. Have you committed a crime? Um, here's a crime question from K- Jillian. I don't know what I'm talking about with crimes. Here's a question from Jillian. Um, what is your favorite mini game or side activity? Um, I feel a little bad because the game that stands out to me the most is one that I've probably talked about on the podcast a little bit, but I, I'll add a little extra flavor in here with other things real quick, just to, to, to make it a little bit more, more useful. But like the real answer to this question, what is your favorite mini game or side activity in a game? Um, the one that always really stood out to me, and maybe it's because I don't like the main game that much at all is, um, Hackox from, uh, Xeno Saga episode three. I'm not a huge Xeno Saga episode three fan. Um, but the Hackox mini game, it's like a like arcade machine. You can go up into the game it's like a really fun puzzle game featuring all the characters from the game and like having little voice acting quips that are really fun and cute but basically use the face buttons on the playstation 2 controller to move blocks up and down so you have these uh characters who 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 are walking across these like different um i guess you could call them mazes they're kind of like floating paths in the air and you can basically like bounce them in the air to jump them from different path to different path and then you know they'll hit the wall kind of like a lemming it's actually kind of like a le- 3d lemmings in some ways they, they turn around when they hit the wall and you get them in the goal it's a very fun mini game it has nothing to do with the xeno saga at all other than just the characters and the fact it's in that game i love hackhawks really great music as well for that too um however i have talked about hackhawks on this podcast i feel like multiple times <laughs> um so um and and giving you that answer um, I also want to provide another answer that is a little more um, themed on um, what's happening right now. Hey, when this podcast comes out, I forgot to mention this earlier, it's going to be July 4th. Welcome, American man and woman and whoever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Hello, Americans, <laughs> fellow Americans. Um, it's July 4th. It's the day you celebrate America, America Day. Um, very good time. I will not be celebrating America because I have a cat here and he's, he's going to be terrified of any fireworks happening. Um, anyways, but one of my favorite things in, in a game, which doesn't really have anything to do with July 4th, honestly, uh, aside from a coincidence, is um, there are summer festivals in uh, Final Fantasy 11 and Final Fantasy 14. And um, the original Final Fantasy 11 summer festival, I don't know what's been going on in more recent years, but um, w- one of the big focuses of the summer festival in Final Fantasy 11 was um, uh, gold fishing. So in Japanese summer festivals, there's like these little goldfish things. You use little paper paper scoopers to get goldfish out. Um, you know, you'll see if you've watched anime or anything like that, you've seen it plenty of times, right? Um, and so, uh, in Final Fantasy XI, they added goldfish scooping. So there's a particular pond by, um, each like city state that has goldfish in it. And you can go buy a bunch of paper fans and then you have a goldfish bowl and you can go and fish goldfish. And, you know, when you're fishing goldfish, um, it's just like, basically you go, your character like animates sitting there and it waits a period of time. You either see a goldfish or you don't see a goldfish. Like it just like sits there and waits. And if it sees the goldfish, it'll go ahead and scoop it. And then um, and when you scoop it, the goldfish could either uh, break your your fan or your paper scooper, or it could be, um, um, or just you, you catch it, right? Um, it's not very interactive. Fishing in Final Fantasy XI was not very interactive for a long time. Basically you throw your line out and then either the line broke and you didn't get your fish or you catch the fish. Goldfishing is working the same way. And I believe today, goldfishing still works that way in that game if they still support it as like the Summer Festival event going on. Um, 
But uh, fishing, they eventually changed to be like a mini game you played, I think largely to kind of combat bots and things like that. And it make it a little more interactive, you know? Um, I think as, as MMOs kind of went on, there's a little more acceptability to to be more interactive, hence, you know, why games feel more like action games these days, like Final Fantasy fourteen. So I really like that mini game with like the summer music and Final Fantasy XI going on in the background. And there's like fireworks going off through uh, that are by the city states. And you're, when you're in the areas around the city states, the fireworks are going off. And I just found that like really fun and relaxing to do. And I actually maxed out, like over the years, I maxed out, I kept the same goldfish bowl and they would carry over and I maxed out the, the points on that goldfish bowl and I bought all the rewards you could get with it too. So I don't know why I really like that, but it was just something that was really like enjoyable to me to just do. Um, and I, I love that summer festival music of Final Fantasy XI. Um, and then I don't keep up with Final Fantasy XIV summer festival stuff at all. Um, and, and I, unfortunately this is not something you can do anymore. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, but I really like the Final Fantasy XIV summer festival from, I think it was like 2012 or 2011. I don't remember exactly when, but it was the year I was playing Final Fantasy XIV 1.0 specifically. So we're talking about pre, pre realm reborn. Um, and basically there were these, um, little, uh, I forget what they were. They're like little, little things that were like sit out in the, in the, um, in the world. And then you had to go out there and do a bomb dance, like this little, like, you know, festival dance or whatever. Um, and it's very like typical Japanese kind of thing that you, you would see. And so basically you'd go out there and these bombs would come toward this thing and then you do the bomb dance at them to do damage. So you had a bunch of people like surrounding this thing and bomb dancing. Um, so I liked that a lot. I do, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say too much about, you know, what Final Fantasy 14 is like today and things like that. Um, but I do feel like a lot of online games now, and I'm, again, Keep in mind, I'm pretty ignorant at this this point, so you might be like, you're wrong. And I'm perfectly acceptable of that if, if it is. But, like, I feel like a lot of stuff is instanced content these days, and I don't feel like you get a lot of, like, open-world content anymore where, like, you're interacting with other characters, and that's kind of... Or other players, rather. And I remember that, like, being, like, a fun experience. The problem with that is that, you know, if you don't have the other players there, then you can't really succeed at it. So, anyway, so there's that thing. Um, those are both very fun summer events or whatever. But, uh, yeah. Thank you, Jillian, for that question. <laughs> Hopefully that's a good answer. I, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, if you want to ask a Patreon question, though, uh, on Mondays, I did it a little late this last week, unfortunately. I think I posted it up on Tuesday. But typically, on Mondays, I will post a... Um, a post on Patreon where I say what the question is going to be um, without, you know, anyone contributing. And you can just add a, a question to the comment section. We don't get enough right now that I bother about like, oh, which one's going to actually happen or something like that. If you post a comment in there right now, we'll work it out. We'll get it going. If it ever gets busy enough that we have to start doing polls and things like that, we will. So again, thank you guys so much for the Patreon support. I really appreciate it. Um, I'm going to try to maybe push the Patreon stuff a little harder. We'll see if anything happens with that. Um, but you know, you know, you know how it is. We, we, a tiny channel. We don't, we don't, we're not going to get, we're not going to get big old, big old, big book, big books, big books, boys. Um, news time. Welcome back to news. Welcome back to non-Patreon stuff. Did you, do you guys skip the Patreon? What? How rude of you skipping my Patreon. How am I going to eat? <laughs> 
I'm being sassy today. Shin-Chan and the Professor on the Summer Vacation, The Endless Seven-Day Journey. This is not a part of the Nintendo Direct. Um, actually, I don't know if they announced this for Nintendo Switch at all, um, but they recently announced a PS4 port of that more recent, I don't know if it's the most recent Shin-Chan game, but it's a recent one. Um, and uh, this was a Switch game that came out uh, that is a you know based off the Shin-Chan anime, but more importantly, it's made by Millennium Kitchen or some of the team from Millennium Kitchen are working on it. You're like, who the hell is Millennium Kitchen, Ben? Um, Millennium Kitchen ha- worked on the uh, My Summer Vacation series that Sony used to publish. There's uh, one, two, three, and four. I think one and two. I think one is on PS1, two is on PS2, three is on PS3, and then four is on PSP or something like that. Um, and then also Attack of the Friday Monsters, which is the only one of those kind of games that have been localized at this point. I don't think those My Summer Vacation games even have fan translations yet, so... Hey, I'm kind of surprised, actually, to be honest. With how many things keep getting fan translations recently, I'm surprised those don't have it. Maybe they do, and I just don't know. But anyways, um, so uh, this game is, is is in that style. And if you don't know what those games are, essentially they're kind of more laid back, just kind of like you're on this, you're, you, you, it is summertime, you're out of school, and you're just exploring this little town or something like that, this little village. And you're, in the case of Attack of the Friday Monster, you're collecting, like, uh, I don't know if it's like bug specifically or bug cards is what it ends up being or something like that. There's some kind of collecting aspect. You go around and collect these things. I think you might collect like bug gems and they make a card or something like that. So you go around and just explore. And then usually there's like some kind of like little family story that's going on. Or in the case of uh, Attack of the Friday Monster, it's very much a game about um, your dad in, in most ways, even though you're playing as the kid. In my opinion, it's a game about the dad. Um, so it is... Uh, it's, it's very, very cute, very fun, very relaxing. I cannot recommend Attack of the Friday Monsters enough. I've been thinking after doing the Buddy Mission Bond video, like, it'd probably be good for me to try to do more, like, story-based feeling videos, honestly. I, I have been avoiding them for a very long time because I don't feel confident in them, but I'm not going to be able to do them unless I try. And I end up in a situation with Buddy Mission Bond where I feel, like, very self-conscious about it because I haven't really done those videos much. So I might try to do an Attack of the Friday Monsters one as, like, a... Um, um, it's just like a test thing. Cause I've already written an article from that. Maybe I can go back and like pull some stuff from that. Although it's so old at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if I just rewrite the entire thing. So I may go back and do that. There's also like a Thor high heels video about it. So, you know, not high on the priority list, but it's a possibility there. So anyways, I got way off track to saying this thing coming is coming out. I think it comes out in August. I didn't write the date on here, unfortunately, and my internet's out. So not looking that up right now. Um, but anyways, I think it comes out like August. I, oh man, I'm really split. I do really want to play that. But um, just knowing that like Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is coming out later this month, I don't think I'll get around to it. I, w- I will try to buy it. I will try to buy it. It'll probably depend on how much income I have at the time and how comfortable I feel. But I think I will try to buy that game. So, Yes. Um, so yeah, that was the one, like, side news story, and the rest of these things are Nintendo Direct partner menus. It's kind of interesting, because people were like, oh, this is going to be a Nintendo Direct, um, on, on, uh, July 29th, and then it turns out to be, oh, it's like a mini Direct, um, right, with, with only third-party games, which, um, I will say, um, (laughs) the day before, when they're like, hey, we're doing our partner mini or whatever, I saw a lot of negative feelings online, but I think ultimately it actually kind of worked out really well. Um, My feelings on this Nintendo Direct is that like, it's a really great mix of smaller things that aren't necessarily like, you know, groundbreaking for the system or anything like that. And you wouldn't like want to like hold up as like the best thing ever, but 
I think it has a broad reach and, and then scratches a lot of itches that people have that people wanted. Um, big things in here, you know, if we want to talk about ports specifically, those Persona ports, those are coming along. Um, so that's great. Um, there are Mega Man Battle Network ports, which I think people have been asking for for a while. I have, I was talking to someone about that a little bit, um, about like Battle Network's popularity and someone saying like, I didn't think this would happen. And I think sometimes I feel like Battle Network is not as popular, but if I recall correctly, some of those Battle Network games are some of the best selling Mega Man games of all time. You know, Mega Man, like if, if you haven't been around when I had this, when I talked about this, Mega Man sales numbers, not particularly amazing. There's a reason why Capcom do, does not make those video games anymore, unfortunately. Even Mega Man 11 is like, I think like 1.6 million. Like it's not, a, it's a good number. It's not a huge number, especially for the type of game it is. Um, so like Mega Man numbers are just really, really low to do like, it feels low in comparison to the, like the iconic nature of that character when we think about retro games and things like that, right? Um, so it's kind of crazy just like how unbalanced it feels, but yeah, Mega Man games sell very low, but, uh, Battle Network specifically seem to do very well. So like it actually probably has a lot of appeal, um, maybe even more so in than the zero games from like a sales perspective. We talk about the audience that was originally there. Um, I don't know specifically you know, how quality wise people feel about zero versus Battle Network. They're very different games. So I imagine, you know, it, it's not like a great comparison, right? Uh, but anyways, uh, I think people are very excited about that. So that's really cool. Um, and then, you know, we all know how I feel about near Automata, Automa, how you pronounce it. I don't care. Um, but I think that is a very good game to bring to the switch. I think when you think about people who are looking forward to persona and things like that, who are like, I'm not playing. If, if you're not playing persona on PlayStation platforms, right? Like, I think you are a very particular audience and I think the, that same audience is also has not played near uh, Automata. And I think that overlap is very good for that. So anyways, those are just some of those ports that were there. Nothing for me specifically in those. Let's talk, talk about games for me. You know what cool video games are? Dragon Quest Treasures. This is where what Square Enix was talking about when they said there was going to be some announcements for this soon. I thought it was going to be at Summer Game Fest, but I don't think it showed up there at all. Um, but yeah, yeah, Dragon Quest Treasures looks really cool. It reminds me a lot of games like Spectro and uh, Lost Kingdoms, you know, you are in like, in some ways, like 3D platformers with like a Breath of the Wild mix. It's kind of interesting. You know, it's a game where you're exploring, looking for treasure. You have like scanning things where you can scan for treasure and you have your little monster party that follows behind you and you can get in combat and your, your monsters will fight for you. Um, and you also, as a character, can fight as well in that, in that, that combat sequence. It's very... It's pretty much scratching all my inches of what I want Dragon Quest Treasures to be, to be honest with you, in a lot of ways. Um, that comes out on December 9th, so actually, like, fairly soon. I was kind of surprised. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about that, and um, I hope that I make time for it around that time, because it looks like a great game that I'll, I will really, really enjoy. Um, some other games that I am excited for, but maybe need to see a little bit more of, although some of these, I, I, I wonder if I'll ever be excited for, like, or ever go out on my way to play. Um, Disney Dreamlight Valley really caught my eye. It scratches a lot of those games for girl itches that I'm looking for. The biggest problem with that game, and I feel so shallow for saying this, but this is, this is an ongoing issue with me for games for girls. I really like cute Japanese anime or chibi art styles. That's what I like. I like cute art styles or anime-ish art styles for those kind of games. Disney Dreamland or Dreamlight Valley, you know, I think it looks good from like a, if we're talking about taking 
Disney characters that are like Disney princesses and stuff and like keeping the visuals consistent with their original designs. Disney Dreamlight Valley, I think, fits that very well. Um, it looks like characters who would could stand alongside a bell and things like that. You know, fairly realistic looking. Since there's a dress up out element with a lot of like nice clothes and things like that. Um, but I just look at that and I'm like, this is this looks very appealing to me. Um, it's like a life simulator game. Um, but two two issues. One, the art style. Two, they said it's coming out in September, but like it's an early access game. I'm like. What is an early access Disney life sim? That's interesting. Um, so I'm curious to see what more of that game to see what that is. You know, is it a? I guess it's a live game if it's going early access, right? Um, but I'm I'm interested in seeing more. But I think I think that art style is just going to be the death of me. And live game is always a big thing for me. Like if you're a live game, I'm usually unfortunately not going to be. Um, playing it just because it doesn't really fit in my life at this moment unfortunately so yes uh on the japanese direct they had a game called fishing spirits fish and play aquarium this is coming out this year um so we've talked about fishing spirits before i think there's a 3ds game and then there's a switch game we, and we recently talked about it because the switch game actually sold very very well um i always thought that original switch game looked pretty cool it is still pretty pricey to get from what i remember i think i looked it up online and there's like a fishing controller version that's like 250 dollars to import or something crazy anyways but um so anyways it looks um really cool um but this one specifically uh, i believe i'm gonna don't take me don't take this specific point at, at my work because i can't remember for sure i seen her call in the trailer that they, they mentioned um there's a story mode um, so that point I'm fuzzy on, but what I do know is in that game is obviously there's a fishing element. Um, there was like this animal crossing looking, uh, character designs that walk around the world. Um, and then, uh, there's aquarium that looks very like animal crossing ish as well. So it seems like they're taking that arcade experience and bringing it into the home market and then giving you like a shell to work with, um, with that. So how built out that shell is, is another thing, but there's other things in there and like mini games. Um, there's also metal games, things like that. Um, so I think it looks really cool. Um, uh, I didn't see a lot of mention of it online. Um, but, uh, actually I did see, uh, uh, the, the VTuber, the, the retro game VTuber, uh, Corona, the dog one. Um, she was like super excited for it. Uh, I think she's played the last one. I think she mentioned. So anyways, that's just the general 2022 release date. I'm very interested in that game. I'll be curious to see if it comes out here, but the last one did not. So I had thought it was a Takatomi thing and I, I need to look and see. Maybe it is a Takatomi thing, but, uh, I think Bandai Namco is actually publishing this one. So, um, there wasn't like, uh, who was it? Uh, some company released some, I think it's called Fishing. It's a, I don't know what it's called. Fishing something. Someone released some kind of Switch fishing game out here, and I didn't end up picking it up, unfortunately, even though I kind of was interested. My brain is saying Hudson, but it's not Hudson. I need to play a fishing game at some point. I don't own any fishing games, but I should probably buy one and play one, whether it be this or Fishing Resort on the Wii. That's kind of probably where I'm at right now. And Fishing Resort on the Wii is in English, but very expensive, so I'd have to probably pirate it. Um, This game is something i probably won't play um but it is really interesting that it got announced pac-man world repack um this is a hd re remaster it's a remake actually would be the better way to put it hd remake of pac-man world one for the, the the playstation gear i don't know what the like lead platform for that was i think it was playstation was the lead platform but um so yeah it's a remake of that original pac-man world game which is like very interesting um part of me is like i feel like pac-man world has gotten more popular again but i feel like part of that is also i played pac-man world 2 recently and i'm more 
aware of the pac-man world fan base and stuff like that and uh, i know simple flips did some videos on pac-man world as well so um i think i think this is probably the time for a game like pac-man um world repack uh but you know i i I don't think i'll specifically play it probably i thought pac-man world 2 was all right i didn't love it and that was fine there's some interesting moveset things there with pac-man although i don't necessarily know if he fit the world super well with that but uh maybe i'll play some more pac-man in the future just not this moment, probably. Um, and then there's also a game called Monster Rancher. I think it cross Ultraman is maybe what it translates to. It's a, it's a, it's a, or I think it's called Monster. I forget the Japanese name. Monster Farmer, maybe. It's the Monster Rancher series. Um, and then they're making like Ultraman monsters in there. And I thought that looked really fun and very cute. I, I've never played a Monster Rancher game, or at least I have not played one recently enough and to any depth enough for me to know what it is like. Um, but this looks kind of fun. It just looks like a bunch of monsters going around and just having a good time, which I thought was kind of fun and cute. Um, the big problem with a game like this is I think Ultraman, I don't know, like there's the whole kaiju thing, right? And I know like licensing and stuff for those kind of things is kind of a nightmare here in the US, or at least I believe it's the case. I am not aware of, I, I'm, when it comes to like Sentai and kaiju, I don't know anything. Don't don't ask me about that. <laughs> but those are things that exist. And I, I think, if I recall correctly, there are some licensing issues in some of those. I believe this is specifically all Ultraman things. So maybe that simplifies it a little bit. I don't really know. Um, but it'd be interesting to see if that came, came over. I did see a lot of like Western outlets kind of being like, hey, look what was announced at the Japanese Direct look at what we're missing out on. I believe, actually, I think there is a Southeast Asia version that has English for this too. So if, if, even if you can't, if it doesn't get localized, it seems like there'll be a way to play it in English. So very cool for that. Um, a couple of, uh, what's it called games also got announced. Um, uh, what are you, what do you call them? Harvest, harvest moon games, <laughs> uh, farming simulators. That's probably the best word for them. Uh, so a couple of them, Doraemon season, story of seasons two, you know, I'm interested in Doraemon games. Um, the story of season games particularly don't really jump out at me. I, I, I unfortunately have kind of more or less given up on me playing through a farming simulator anytime soon. I don't know what it is. There's, I think, I think the problem is like not enough games really stand out to me in the farming simulator space. Like there's not really a, um, I don't know, like for example, so Doraemon story of season two, that exists. That's a thing. I didn't buy the first one. I'm probably not going to play this one. I guess the one thing I could say, and this is probably part of the first one as well, like Doraemon Story of Seasons could use, Dor- like he uses his gadgets and stuff like that. So when we look at like the small light and things like that, his gadgets could play like a cool role in how that farming stuff happens. Although in my opinion, like, or maybe as, as I would think, it probably would be replacing just kind of your normal farming tools and maybe adding some flair to them and making them a little more special. But anyway, I'm talking way out of my my league with Doraemon Story of Seasons. I never played that original game. People seem to like it though. Um, but like Harvestella, um, which is a new Square Enix um, franchise um, that is also a, a farming similar kind of game. Um, it, it probably is the, the thing that would be the most likely to sell me on that kind of game. Um, you know, it's a very Final Fantasy looking aesthetic in some ways, almost like Crystal Chronicles-ish with like these big crystals that kind of like protect the town and stuff like that. And it's, it's more like a rune factory. So there's combat and stuff, but it's like behind the back perspective, you know, it's very more realistic. I don't know. 
quote realistic art style but it looks more aligned with like the final fantasy art style of just like you know um like realistic with like anime elements applied to a character but not done so much so that they look like dolls right um, um there's kind of like the interesting like range that happens there if you look at like a star ocean versus a final fantasy or something like that so um it looks visually great it looks really cool and it looks really appealing um but i looked at it and i was just like i don't know what would get me to buy this game though um i think i just have a weird like uh prejudice against farming simulators i don't know maybe just because i had such a rough time with uh harvest moon a wonderful life when i was a kid and just feeling like that game was such a grind i think i don't feel like i get a lot out of farming and games and like i don't i don't get satisfaction from building a farm i don't get satisfaction from you know farming crops making seeds you know building all these things I don't know. I think I think it's just something broken with my feelings on farming simulators. But I've only ever played Harvest Moon: A Wonderful Life, and I also own. I'm pointing over here because I'm like a tiny poster of it. Uh, Harvest Moon: A Magical Melody. Although I do not particularly care for the art style of Magical Melody very much. Everyone's got like really big beamy bodies in that game in a way I do not like. Um, I don't know. You know, I was just talking about like chibi cute. Like, I like the, if you look at it, the Magical Melody box art, I like how that looks. That's cute. It's the in game models. Those I do not find appealing. I'm, I have not looked at him recently, but my memory is just like these weird beanie curvy bodies in a way that I do not like. So, anyways, so that was all the Nintendo Direct stuff. I think that was like really cool, well rounded Nintendo Direct. Nothing huge in there, but yeah, I am definitely most excited for uh, Dragon Quest Treasures. Uh, that's the big thing. Um, we'll, we'll see if I get Fishing Spirits. You know, it depends on when it's coming out. But I think Treasures, I think I'm definitely going to go for when that comes around. So very excited for that. Um, it wasn't a part of the direct. Very excited for Shin Chan. I just don't know if it's going to line up with Xenoblade Chronicles. Xenoblade Chronicles is more important to me. So despite as much as I trash talk it, I do care a lot about Xenoblade. Oh, I care a lot about Monolith Soft games <laughs> more than anything. I don't really specifically want Xenoblade Chronicles games, but I will take what I can get. Model of Soft games do not come out very often. So, so yeah. Anyways, that's it for this week. Thanks for coming. OneTroolWorld.com is the website. What's coming up, Ben? What kind of content is releasing soon? Well, I know we've had a couple weeks of PCFX podcasts. We'll be continuing a little bit on that PCFX train for now. This week, we have a UniFX English Guide video coming out. So you can check that one out. It's kind of in a new format where I mix in my thoughts and opinions a bit more in those English Guide videos where before I really wasn't doing that. Um, so hopefully that's going to be a new format going forward. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know if that seems out of place for those videos, but I do think I like when I thought of it, I was like, a lot of people have not talked about these games online. Unit FX does have like speedy Noel's video online, but I thought my, my position, like my, my point of reference was a bit different than hers. So I thought it would be worth, you know, um, uh, doing something with that. But then there's other games that, yeah, like if I do a Megami Paradise 2 video or something like that, then I think there's a lot of value in me giving opinions and thoughts on that game. So I think just going forward, you know i'm gonna make them like reviews plus english guides and hey the buddy mission bond video honestly it's kind of like a review in english guide because hey buddy mission bond did not get announced at the nintendo partner direct surprise surprise so uh yeah it's you know yeah so that that kind of stuff's coming up here um, and then, uh, like I said, last week had the Yoshi's Island thing. So that happened. So we'll focus on this week though, but yeah, we're going to have one piece that's coming up on a uh, stream again on a uh, Thursday at 7 PM. So I hope you join us for that. 
And um, yeah, we'll see where we go from there. I'm pushing really hard on trying to get that buddy mission. Well, pushing really hard. I'm trying to be conservative, actually. So, But I am moving forward on the buddy mission bond video. I want to get that done as soon as possible. Um, but, you know, I'm trying not to sacrifice other parts of my life, like making sure this cat doesn't, like, do, I don't know, commit a crime in my house, I guess. <laughs> so I can go look at that cat real quick. He's still going to be in the same corner, I'm sure. Uh, I'm, I'm going to guess he's going to be in the same corner this whole weekend. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't like poop or pee back there. But that's how that's how life goes. Poop and pee. That's how life goes. Anyways, I appreciate you guys coming. Uh, if you can, I would really appreciate if you share those PCFX podcasts. If you know anyone or any group that would be interested in those. I think, um, I think those podcasts turned out really good. Um, I am interested in doing more PCFX podcasts. So if you have any topic you'd like to be touched on, let me know. I am looking for topics for that. Um, for now, uh, I need to do some, you know, thoughts about what that will be. Um, so I, you know, come with my own things, but I think, I think, I think we will regularly have PCFX podcasts in the future. Quote regularly, you know, me with regularly, that means like, you know, maybe a couple of years or something like that you know we're not gonna do, we're not gonna go crazy on them but we'll keep trying also by the way you can watch listen to this podcast on anchor fm i keep forgetting to mention that if you go to anchor fm.com slash one controller port i hope that's the right url um you can you can listen to the audio version of this podcast if you don't want to sit here and listen to me on youtube every week so anyways that's it for this week thank you guys for coming one controller.com's website i hope you have a great week bye